Hi, this is Pastor Jack Wilson, and this is You Think? Today I'd like to ask the question, does God still talk to man? Does man still hear God? Can we respond to God? Now I know many, many people say they speak to God and they hear God, and, and I'm not doubting it. I don't know who hears him and who speaks to him. But I remember being in, oh, California, and this man was, he was revered by all the other pastors. And I, I just felt in my spirit, hey, you ever feel in your spirit? You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit telling you something's good or something's bad. All right? I'm not talking about your conscience or anything else. I'm talking about feeling in the Holy Spirit. And that really happens. And I felt in the Holy Spirit that this man, there was just something wrong with him. Later on, I found out he went to jail for 10 years. All right? And I don't want to get into what he was doing. He was doing something wrong, obviously. But the thing is, everybody, all the big shot preachers, they revered this man. They thought this man was the cat's pajamas. Have you ever heard that one in a while? Or the zoot suit? Zoot suit? Whatever. But anyway, people say they talk to God all the time and God responds to them. Uh, I'm not so sure if they're right or wrong, but I'd like to tell you my own experience. As a kid growing up, I was a Catholic. I was raised a Catholic. I never liked going to church. I never enjoyed it at all. I was bored to death with it. And finally, I stopped going. At the age of 17, I met a man who uh, brought me the Lord, told me about Jesus and, and how to be saved. And uh, I asked Jesus into my life to be my Lord and Savior. That didn't change my life all that much. Well, it changed it a lot. But not all that much because I was still a kind of a terror until I was probably in my late 20s. But anyway, uh, as I went along, God convinced me that I was going to be a pastor. And uh, I went to uh, Liberty University, uh, School of Lifelong Learning. And I received my bachelor's degree. And uh, so eventually I became a pastor. And, and to make a long story short, God called me to go to Piatas in the Philippines. Now that's funny. We hear people saying all the time how they're called to be a missionary. All right? And uh, I like the thing in the Bible where it says, and, and God called Abraham away from his people. All right? He said, come on, go. You got to go. This is what we're doing. And Abraham said, okay, let's go. Let's do it. And that's the way it should be. People, I, I hear people all the time saying, well, did God really call me? Should I go? Listen, if you're saying, did God really call me? Should I go? Don't go. He didn't really call you. If you have to think about it, God did not call you. All right? And, and, and I really detest the way they send missionaries out today. The system is flawed. <clears throat> when I, I finally decided uh, to marry my wife, I met my wife on the internet. Another long story I'll tell you about some other time. But uh, she lived in the Philippines, and we dated on online and on the telephone and through email for about a year. And I knew I loved her. In my heart, in my spirit, 
I knew I loved this girl. And so I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. So I said, okay, I'm coming to the Philippines, and I'm going to marry you. And we set it all up. Wedding, everything. We set it all up. So I get there, and, and I'm in the Philippines, I don't know, 20 days or however long the visa they allow you to stay in there. And I'm uh, standing on the corner. I think I was in Manila. And I watched these kids climbing on a garbage truck. Little babies. I mean, they couldn't have been more than seven, eight years old. And then these other children, no shoes, ripped up pants, begging for coins. And at that very moment, God spoke to me. Huh? When I say in your spirit, God spoke to me. And he says, you're going to be coming back here to be a missionary. I said, that's really wild, you know. God spoke to you. And you know what I said? Nothing. I just said, yeah. I knew it. It was done. It was finished. It was over. God said it. I knew it. Okay, next step. He put a burden in my heart to come back to the Philippines. So I went back to America, and uh, I had to wait for a year before my wife could get back there because of all the paperwork and everything. And uh, she came back, and when she came back, I said to her, Honey, we're going to go back to the Philippines and we're going to be missionaries. And she says, Well, that's nice. When you retire, we can do that. And I thought to myself, Oh boy, she's not into this. God, what should I do? Imagine that. I actually asked God, God, what should I do? I didn't whine. I didn't cry. I didn't run around asking other people's opinions. I said, God, what should I do? And you know what he said to me? Don't worry about it. Wait. <clears throat> I waited three years. And then one day we're at a a Filipino church that was having an anniversary. And she was butterflying around, mingling with all the people. And she came back with tears running down her face. I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, I see all my people and how well they're doing. And I think about the people back in the Philippines. And I know we just have to go there now. It's time. Wow. I didn't have to do nothing. For three years, my heart yearned to go to the Philippines. I, I, I have to tell you that. But I didn't bug my wife. I didn't say nothing. God said, just wait. I just waited. And bam, here it goes. Why did he make me wait three years? I don't know. Maybe to give me patience. I have no patience. So maybe it was to give me some patience. But anyway, okay, now we're going to go to the Philippines. What do we do? Now, uh, the pastor of the church said, uh, we're going to send this guy to the Philippines. Okay, blah, 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 blah. What do we got to do? We have to go on what's called deputation. This is a Baptist thing. It may be other people, too. I don't know. And it's where you, you make up a video of what you're going to do there, what the work is, what's the need there. And uh, you go from church to church presenting this and more or less begging for money. That, that's what you do. You're asking them to support you. Right? And not once. You're asking them to support you on a monthly basis. And we've gone to so many churches and they give us lovely gifts, 100, 200, whatever. But nobody committed to taking us on. I think we had about 750. We thought we had $750 promised. And so what happened was this. A lot of people, a lot of pastors 
who said they were going to support us uh, changed their minds the last minute for no other reason except they were full of baloney. Anyway, we, we heard a pastor speak. By the way, I didn't even like this pastor. I, I thought he was one of the elite good old boys from California. I didn't like him at all. But what he said made absolute sense, and I knew that was from God. He says, don't plan for a dollar amount. Write down the time that you're going. And if, if it's God's will, he will bring you there. And so that's what we did. We wrote down July 19th, 2006. And uh, we started collecting our money, and we started doing what we want. And then we had the uh, no money for the airplane. And we said, God, you know, it's up to you. If you want us to go on this trip, you'll, you'll supply it. <coughs> well, we get a phone call from a Filipino girl. Uh, not a phone call, an email. Uh, saying that they would like to donate to our, our mission. Could we send them some references? So I said, yeah, fine. So we sent some references. So we get a, a letter back, uh, email back, saying that we were... Uh, accepted and they're going to be sending a check in the mail and it's going to be on the bank of the Cayman Islands but don't worry it'll also be jointly with the bank of New York or something like that so that we can easily cash it so all right the time comes I go to the post office I open the envelope I hold it at arm's length I look down and with it inside the envelope there and it looked like 500 bucks so I said well Praise God, 500 bucks is 500 bucks. But when I got it home and I looked at it again, it was $6,500. And it blew me away. That was the greatest amount that we've ever received in the 13 years we're in this ministry. And so God paid for the airfare, for shipping some of my books and things over here. It was God speaking to us once again. Before we got here, we didn't know where we were going to live. And I said, I don't want to live in Payadas. It's, it's very bad there. I don't want to bring my family to live there. Is, this, is that bad for a missionary? No, I don't think so. I think you should live the best you can. Uh, not that you're going to live rich, but you're not going to live in a, in a squalor either. And so what happened was my, my wife said, my sister owns a house in Payadas, uh, not in Payadas, in uh, Rizal. And I said, well, uh, she says it's empty, and she's in Japan. I said, uh, well, go ask her if we can rent it. So she went and made a phone call, came back. She said, she didn't say we can rent it. She said we can have it as long as we need it. Praise God. Unbelievable. Another miracle. We were there, by the way, three and a half years. And one day I said to God, I said, God, I really love the fact that you've given us this house. But the family's growing and it's really very tiny. Do you think we can get a little bigger house? And that week, my sister-in-law called up and said, I need the house back. My son's getting married and he's going to need the place to stay. And I laughed. I said, thank you, God. Because I knew God had done this. You see, understanding God and believing in God and trusting in God and know that you can talk to God and God can talk to you let you know 
that you're safe in his hands. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to say, oh me, oh my, what do we do now? If you have to say that, you better check your relationship again. God doesn't always speak to us on his timing, but he does speak to us, and he does have a timing. One church I went to, the pastor said to me, I don't know why, but we seem to be losing people. Uh, we're not growing at all, and, and we're actually declining in population. I don't know what to do. So I said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we meet every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning at the church and have a little prayer time and see what God has to say? So that was a good idea. So him, I, and a friend of mine, we started doing this. Well, after a couple of months, uh, he decided it was too much for him, and uh, uh, he was going to stop it. And uh, my friend stopped it because uh, it was taken away from the time with his wife. And I kept going. And I kept going for a year and a half, every day praying, God, tell me, what is it, Lord? Tell me the secret. Tell me what's going on. And one day, as I was praying, he told me to write. And I took out a pad and I wrote one and a half yellow legal pages of reasons why the church wasn't growing. And one of the reasons was the money was missing in the building fund and nobody seemed to know where it went. Another reason was his son was on the board of directors and uh, he was able to sign checks and the son uh, already commented that he hated the people in that church. I, I mean, there were so many things that was going wrong within that hierarchy. And so when I saw him, I told him, I said, you know, God told me what the problem was. He says, tell me, what is it? I said, I can't tell you. I said, if I tell you, you're going to hate me. Now, I had no ulterior motives. I didn't want his church. I wasn't looking to take over. I was looking to get out of there and get to the Philippines. That's all I wanted to do. And he swore up and down he wouldn't hate me, that I had to tell him, and blah, blah, blah. And so, I told him. And he hated me. After that, everything he did was against me. Uh, I lived behind the church uh, for a while there in a, in a little motorhome. And uh, they, they sent back my mail saying I didn't live there. I almost lost my car insurance. Uh, they cut off my cable TV. Uh, they tried to charge me for it. Uh, at first, it was going to be free because I'm a missionary there. And everything they did, they did against me. And finally, he wanted to throw me out of the church. And I said, I'll leave when I get another sponsor because I'm not going to leave. I had a few sponsors. And uh, if I left, they would say, you're going on your own. You can't be a real missionary. The church has to send you. So that was agreed upon. And I went out and I found this one fellow who said that he was praying for a man like me to come to his church. Praying for me. And so it was all said, I was going to go to his church. And then one day I got a phone call and he said, uh, we need to talk. And I went there and he said, I think you should give up your missionary quest, stay in the church for a year or so, and let us determine if you're uh, you're somebody we want to send as a missionary. Why did he send that? Because the guy that I was leaving 
supported that church. And he must have gave him a hard time about it. So I just said, no, forget it. I don't need you. And another fellow took me on in uh, the Philippines, in the, a Filipino pastor took me on, and, and he said something that really hit me good. He said, uh, I'll pray about it, and if God said, I'll take you on. If not, no. And he came back the next day, and he said, God told me, if you're willing to go help my people, I'm willing to send you. And that was it. And so I was with him for about, oh, I guess eight months, when he went to a meeting of other pastors, and one Filipino pastor, one Filipino pastor, I had preached in his church already, and uh, he came up to him and he said, do you hear what that other pastor is saying? That is that man's former pastor, and you should hear the things he's saying about him. Well, to this day, I have no idea what he was saying about me, but of course, what what else could it be? I mean, he, you know, he was, he just hated me, and and that was all there was to it. So my pastor told him, I don't know what he's saying. I don't care. He said, this man has been with me for eight months. He's never late. He's always on time. He's always there, door knocking. He's leading people to the Lord. He's a good person. If I find there's something wrong with him, I'll deal with that. And so that was that. And God answered my prayer. But before that happened, that pastor was going to have me kicked out of the church without a ministry. And I went back to the motorhome, and I spoke to my wife, and we were both in tears. Now, I'm not someone who cries. I mean, I, I'm a fighter all the way. But I was so beaten down by this guy attacking me that we were in tears, and we just knelt down together and started praying. And all of a sudden, I said to my wife, Stop, that's enough. I said, This is God's ministry. And if he wants us to go on this ministry, we'll be there. And if not, we don't, we don't need to go. And the next day, I went in and I saw this pastor. And he was as nice as could be. And he says, we're going to see what we can do to get you to the mission field. This is what I'm talking about. Talking to God, hearing from God, responding from God. God told me to do this. I did this. God told me to do that. I did that. Every time he told me to do something, when I came here, I said, God, I have no idea whatsoever what I'm doing. But if you tell me, I will listen. And that's the deal we made. And every time he told me to do something, I listened. We started a music program. I have not, you hear my voice. <coughs> my, my voice sounds like Joe Pesci. And yet, we started a music program and we had over 50 instruments being played in the church. Little tiny church. We started door knocking programs and feeding programs and teaching kids in school. And now we're sending kids through college. God will bless you and make you happy in what you do. He's not gonna make something to make you happy. He's gonna make you happy in what you do. You might think, Oh, I could never be happy being a pastor or being a, min a missionary. But God will make you happy if he tells you to do it. Just obey him. But if you don't obey him, there's no peace in your heart. God is there. He wants to listen to you. 
He's real. He's not just a God that we talk about or we read about in the book. He's real. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can't lose when you have that. God bless you all and, and enjoy enjoy your life with Jesus. Don't think you have to be rich or good looking or famous or anything like that because God is the one that gives you perfect peace. And with perfect peace, you could be happy in anything. God bless these people now. Give them what they need. Maybe a little bit of what they want also, Lord God. Let them know what you're talking to them about. Let them answer you. Let them respond, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you all.